the optimal life. What's up, my friend? How are you today? Hey, buddy. I'm okay. Good to be here. Good, good. So how old were you when your parents first learned of your diagnosis uh, of autism? Four. Four years old. Four. four I think. Yeah. Yep. What was, four. What four. was happening at that age that made them say to themselves, hey, maybe we should get Sam looked at to see what's going on? What was happening? Um, I guess there's a lot of like a lot of uh, the behaviors of autism that I expected. I didn't like loud noises. I would line up my toys, like instead of like playing with them, I'd be logical, I guess, in the sense of line them up and make it into an order that made sense in my head. But I probably also, I also had meltdowns, not because of, not tantrums. Those are way different. Meltdowns because of a, because of the buzzer going off spontaneously and um, in a basketball game or fireworks going off unexpectedly and not knowing. The unexpected sudden noises really did bother me. So I have a lot of sensory issues as well. I don't like um, my shirt being wet and I still didn't. And I still don't to this day. I didn't like holes in my shirt, all those mm-hmm. sort of certain traits as well. And that's what really was the key um, to being diagnosed, if that makes any sense. So when you were, you said you didn't like loud noises and, and sudden changes in your environment and you said it really bothered you what were some of the things how would you react to it oh i i I'd cry hands up straight up i'd cry and probably get mad i mean granted the loud the loud noises have actually gone away i'm actually the big fan of loud noises now believe it or not but some i'm i still go with the flow i'm a lot better with how i used to be it's not like where i have to have like the same routine follow the structure i think we need structure in life sometimes but it's not as bad as it I don't want to say not as bad, but not as meticulous as I am. I I still, when it comes to stuff I love, but in life itself, I'm not. I'm pretty laid back now compared to when I was five. So your parents go and get the diagnosis from a doctor. What? How does that work? What What kind of tests or evaluations do they put you through? Yeah, that's a doctor question. I don't remember. <laughs> Have your, has your mom ever told you what it was or? No, I don't, I do not remember the test they did. I wish I did know though. That's a good question. She mm. is, she's out with friends right now, but now you see, I'm probably going to ask, now you see, I'm, I'm going to ask her that after she gets home. Yeah. I actually invited her to join us as well, but she said she had uh, another commitment because it's nice to hear. It's in, it's important to hear from the parents' perspective too, how they handled it and what the process is, but maybe we can do that another time. Yeah. So, so go back to your childhood after the diagnosis. Uh, once you start being able to remember things at five, six, seven years old, take us back to that time. What was, what was life like? Was life like, was every day hard? Was it easy? What, what, oh, it was hard. It was but hard. The, it was hard, but the biggest word I'd say is confusing mm. because some of these certain traits of mine have kind of blocked me from interacting with others. And what society calls normal. Now, there's no normal, in my opinion. I've always believed that. But that's probably another, maybe another podcast episode. But I never believed in normal. So, but society does see that and they brainwash people to um, see that just because he's so blunt, he's basically, he shouldn't be with us. Or because he has real anxiety, he shouldn't be with us. 
just because he has some mental health problems, anxiety, he shouldn't be with us. What do you, who, who was saying that your teachers? No, that's just an example. That's just, that's me saying that I'm saying in society's terms. You felt that society that you, that you're an outcast at a young Correct. age. Correct. Not teachers, teachers, my teachers that I had were excellent, but students and society as a whole, that I would say you that's always felt that no do. matter where you went, when, no matter what you did, you were not part of the part of the team. You weren't welcome. Um, at a younger age, yes. At a young age, correct. So, what are they doing for you at that age? You said it's confusing, and that's got to be such a that's got to be such a tough thing to overcome. Not only at a young age, but even more so as you're going through your teenage years and into your young adult life, which you are now. Um, how, how do you, how have you handled that going from those confusing times where you didn't feel like you were wanted to now realizing, okay, I kind of understand what these people in society were doing, whether it was right or wrong. That's not the, that's not the point. How do you handle overcoming those, those feelings bet from, from seven years old when you weren't part of the team? Oh, I have it. <clears throat> it still sticks with me today. I think sometimes I have um, what I, what you might call undiagnosed PTSD. So in a way, it's not like where I have freak attacks where he's like cover your ears because of a loud gunshot or anything like that. No, 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 no. It's not that. It's, I don't handle it. I'm really now extra careful when it comes to exclusion. You don't have excluded for a moment. I, I don't, I'm not saying like I snap and be like, ah, you know, I don't scream it off the top of my lungs, but I, it's a frustrating moment. We're in a conversation. I'm just not talking to you for a minute. It makes me mad. I'll be 100% honest with you. You get mad if somebody that you're conversing with is even takes a short pause and, and kind of gets distracted and looks elsewhere. That will trigger something inside of you. Yeah, because of the past that I have. And I can't eradicate. I, I mean, I've tried, but I cannot. If, and think of it this way, too. If you're talking to if it's me, you and your other friend here. And for a minute, you not scream, but just like wash the waves over me for a second and talk to him. Just for a second, I don't like I said, I don't snap, but I just get really, really frustrated. So if your mom was on the call with us because I invited her and I was addressing some questions to her about you, would that bother you? Um, oddly enough, no, because I'm, I expected it. I expected it, really. And I, I expected an interview. But let's just say it was casual, like a casual talk without recording the interview. Then, yes. Really? Wow. That is really fascinating. Yeah, I mean, like I guess I don't, I, I don't snap. I don't like, like explode or anything. And that, that I want to make sure, I want to make sure that happens. That's not what I do. It's just like you want to like, you know, like that. Do you think you'll ever be able to get rid of that feeling? No, I, I don't think I will be able to, because it's happened more often than it hasn't happened. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it's it's a rarity when you actually don't feel that little. That, that, that intense rush inside of you. That, that's more of the rear. That's, that's the exception to the rule that's been created. Yes, sir. But I just wonder if there's a way for you to get past that, because that's a huge thing for you to have to carry with you into your adult life. You, you know, I mean, I, I know, and you've been, you've been scarred in that way. Like you say, it's a form of PTSD. It's a form of trauma of some sort. But is there a way that you could work with somebody to kind of eliminate those demons and realize, okay, 
when Nate's talking to uh, my mom and we're at the dinner table and he's not paying attention to me, I know that he does. It, it, it does not mean that he doesn't want me part of this conversation. It just means that other people are allowed to be included as well. How, how do you get to that mentality? I don't. It, I mean, it's a frustration, but, you know, I've learned that I had to give in a little bit, I guess is the way to put it and see that, okay, society Society's going to not win this war at the end of the day. We know that. But in this battle, yeah, they're going to win this one. So I got to go along with it. And I know that. And it's hard. You succumbed. You succumbed to this battle. Yeah, I've succumbed. I've waved the white flag for this one time. This one time. So talk to us about all the other times that you haven't woven the white flag or waved the white flag. Um, Give us some uh, examples of, of things that you actually have not succumbed to and have overcome. Okay. Well, one of my things is um, definitely um, what one of the battles that I do not win, or I, I refuse to like wave the white flag again for this. And that you can name that title just F hint, maybe hint, hint, wink, wink, wave the white flag. If you want to name that podcast, this episode, that's a good title. And I'm not trying to tell you to name it, but just a suggestion. Duly noted. <laughs> um, but what, what battle I have not refuses. I firmly believe that you have to do what you have to do, as my father would say. And sometimes do what I have to do is sometimes doing unrealistic, but unharmful solutions. I say you can solve a problem with anything within reason. I mean, you, I mean, we know you can't, like, if you're broke, you can't rob a bank. We know that, right? We all know that. If you're broke, if you're, you can't rob it. Why? Because you can't afford the gun? No, because it's illegal. Okay, you're saying you're saying from a legal aspect. Okay, yeah, from a legal aspect. Right. If you if you you're not allowed to steal. Yeah, you're not allowed to steal. Mm -hmm. But in my personal opinion, there are are the ways around the society whole where you can do something real, do solve a solution with some unrealistic. Here's a good example, actually. So a while back ago, through um. During my Christmas break, I had to get my wisdom teeth pulled out. And what I was begging, I was like, what I learned was, I want to go to the doctor, obviously. You'd be like, hey, is something wrong? Is this supposed to happen? Yada, yada, yada. Well, there's two problems when it was. One, it was during the nighttime. Two, they were closed. And Oak said, okay, can we just like sit in the parking lot? Because being there, sitting in that parking lot, the doctor's office will make me feel comfortable. Because my logic was, if I'm there, even if it's not there, there, if I'm not in the building or just in the parking lot, I'm there. And I just feel like, ah, I can relax now. At least I'm here. I know that I probably won't get the solution for the teeth, but I'm here and I feel comfortable. And that's probably and that's probably an Aspie's key to life. And I've said this once in the podcast, and I still believe it's the truth. Comfort is the key. So even though it may be a false sense of comfort because you're not getting the actual result, it's still comfort nonetheless, which allows your brain and your your state of mind to be at ease. Yeah, I can agree with that statement. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. What else? What else have you uh, done? Um, um, what other battles have you fought and won? I battled anxiety throughout my whole entire life. Um, I've always I'm the worst anxiety when it comes is when it comes to plans really bad plans 
like if you were saying if you were going out to dinner right now, let's just say for example, you and I have plans to go out to dinner on Saturday. I would be freaking out that you would not be able to make it, and you wouldn't tell me because I've had that happen in the past. I mean, people who I get like if you tell me ahead of time, I'm I don't get mad at that. But if you don't tell me, hey, I can't come to dinner, yada yada yada. I got cold. I got a cold. Okay, I understand that. You told me ahead of time. Thank you. Yeah, I get it. Life happens. But when you don't tell me, and we're in the moment, they tell you right at that moment we're at the table. It freaks me out really bad. And well, it does the same thing to me. To be quite honest with you, Sam, when when somebody does that just does a no show or cancels last minute that pisses me off too yeah that's a big yeah it does i think that's everyone but with me i think it's extra um i when mean you freak out you say freak out what what do you do when you freak out um well okay to get into that a little aspies have some aspies do some what they call stemming now when you say aspie real quick for the audience what exactly does that, is um, that short that's for? someone diagnosed with on the spectrum Okay. So what what they what Aspies you are saw on the spectrum does is they stem, what is what it's called. That means that might involve biting their lips, itching ears. Mine is I rock back and forth with my head over my head. Or my head over my head, with my hands over my head. Mm-hmm. And you rock back and forth uncontrollably or how um, what's happening? Um sometimes it's controllable, but then there are times where it wasn't. The wisdom T surgery? No, that was not controllable. So how have you? So when you these these situations happen, again, um, what have you done to what have you done for that self improvement as you've had to deal with these situations at times? What you know, instead of succumbing like you did um, with the the thing that we talked about before, where you feel like you're being ignored, what are the, some of the things that you've done so? it wasn't so uncontrollable the next time it happened. Okay. Well, one, I would say use this, you doing this podcast has definitely been helpful. So way this has been, this is therapeutic for me as well, because I get to share stories that I feel like that need to be heard and want to be heard really maybe. So what I do now, because I have this podcast, I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, this is actually a great story to tell. That's one thing I do. So an example of that would be one of my episodes I was going to do was 106. That's called Daily Changes. Originally, that was not supposed to happen. It was supposed to be sensitive feelings. And it was an hour long, and I did a whole lot of editing. Got it done. However, somehow, it deleted all of the work. Mm. All of the work from, like, fresh start to slight all the editing, all the Oh, that's brutal. That's brutal. Oh, that was, oh bro, that was awful. And that I was probably panicked. one of the lowest. That was probably one of the lowest moments in your adult life. Oh, that that was. I'm about panicked, and I did not know what to do. I I didn't want to definitely like remake it because of it was at midnight, not midnight, like nine a.m. ish, nine a.m. ish, nine p.m. ish, when it deleted. So here we go. And then I think, and wait a minute, this is a story to tell, you know. Daily changes are going to have changes happen in life and Aspies don't like it. So let's use this into a podcast. Oh my gosh. Great idea. Here you go. Mm, so you're taking the, the lemons and making lemonade in a way. Yeah. And that was, so you ended up turning a bad situation into something positive. Right. So and I try to do that every day if I can. So when and somebody, then, when somebody no shows or cancels on you next time, or, or maybe one of these recent times, 
What have you done to make okay. it less to make it less crazy for you? Okay. Well, what I do sometimes is what I'll do is I'll try to take the negative to a positive, but when I can't, this is going to sound ridiculous, but then what, what I'll do is sometimes I'll turn the positive into a negative sort of as well. So the story with out with friends is it costs me so much. It costs me so much stretch, stretch, stress that for a whole summer, I didn't make plans because I want to solve this problem. It gave me too much anxiety. It just, it didn't work out really. I mean, I had friends, but I was just too nervous that there would be no shows not happening. So what I did was because I've, I've reached a breaking point. So each time, each time I make a plan, what I have to do to cope and it's, while it's unfortunate, it's sad as a Metallica song would say sad, but true. Uh, I expect the worst. Like I just expect them not coming that way. I'm not heartbroken. Hmm. So your ex, so you think that that's actually helped you? Correct. You actually plan in your head. You make the plan, but then you plan that it's going to be broken. Correct. And that, and then if it's not broken, it's uh, okay, pleasant surprise. And if it is broken, it's like, well, I've already planned for this, so it's not. A, it doesn't hurt, sting as much. Yeah, that's what it basically is. It reminds me of the phrase what my mother and father used to say, and I. This is the phrase that drives me nuts, and I hate it to this day. You ever heard that your parents ever told you you, you can't have your cake and eat it too? Oh, yeah. That phrase? Of course. That is probably one of my worst phrases alive. That is one way. I don't want to say you get my bad side because I don't. That, that exists. I get it. But it's one way to not get my bad side, but one way to be like, no, that's not it. It's, it's like an argument, op an, op an opening for an argument. Because I've, what I've done with that phrase, because I was like, okay, I'm tired of hearing this phrase. We need to modify it a little bit. So what we came up with was, and sometimes cake is better with icing. Really, we can all agree with that. So, but cake is still cake, good with, with or without icing in my eyes. I tried cake without icing. So what we did was, instead, you can have your cake and the icing is just a pleasant surprise, as you said. So. The cake is really not them coming, but I'm still at Outback Steakhouse and eating wings and whatever else. But the icing is the wings, mac and cheese, and the friends. That's great. So, but either way, I'm happy since I have the cake. That's yeah. That's a, a real interesting and fascinating insight. I want to make an analogy, and I want to go back to what you said again, where you wove, where you wave the white flag. When it comes to somebody in a conversation with you and then paying attention to somebody else or to something else and not paying attention to you and how you just can't seem to get over that. And then I hear what you've done in this situation where you make plans and then you plan that they're going to be broken so that if they are when they are broken at times, it doesn't sting. It doesn't bother you quite as much. I'm wondering if you could employ the same method and strategy, Sam, when it comes to the other thing. And tell yourself before you go into a discussion with more than one person where there is potential that there is going to be other discussions had and maybe distractions throughout the conversation. Can you begin telling yourself before those interactions, this person is unequivocally going to ignore me at times, talk to somebody else at times, and possibly even just look off into space at times and not say a word to me? 
I know for a fact that's going to happen. So plan for that. Like you do the other thing. Do you think that you can do start doing that? I can, I can give her a shot and see what happens. There, there's a lot of obstacles. Though. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. One of the problems is when you're in a conversation, and when there's multiple people, you expect to listen and learn and follow along with it as well. I can listen and learn from the conversation. I can't follow it. So next thing you know, because you guys, because in conversations you flip topics. One minute it's about this time where you fell down. Next minute it's about pizza. Next minute it's about ice cream. Next minute it's about your work. Next minute. It's about a math project. That's not I am. I'm like, you need to slow down, talk about one thing at a time. Let's talk about this work for a minute or a little while longer, and then let's shift into it. Let me know when we're shifting in a way. Mm. So when somebody shifts topic on you, what's going on inside? Do you just kind of shut down or what's happening? I'm overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed because you're, your your everything seems kind of discombobbled correct no the, the the rope is the rope got stretched too much you know you have your rope here and you're talking about pizza next thing you know you're stretching out talking about other variety of topics when you stretch it out too much and the rope snaps it's like bleh and this has been going on since your entire life to some extent right that these were the same challenges that you had at the six seven eight years old yeah some of them now at the same time some challenges will stick some challenges will not stick. And case in point, I have what I call FIMS as well. It's called foot and mouth syndrome. You've said something to the wrong person and, you know, you thought in the moment, you just thought, oh, I shouldn't have said that, should I? <laughs> and you get that a lot in the teens and, and nowadays. I didn't have that when I was six, seven, eight, but now I do. So, yeah, right. but then some problems are, I don't want to say, fixed or cured but some problems are i would say better case in point the loud noises look it was just a phase because now i'm a big fan of the fireworks i mean i like explosive i embrace that now i love i mean i love my favorite pyros i'll tell you is when we go to a wrestling show and the pyros go off what used to happen was i would run like hide in the bathroom from that because i did not want to hear it because it was too loud and it hurt my ears, but now I love it. I stay right there in the arena to make sure I hear those pyro sounds go off. That's incredible. It's amazing how something could that was so nasty to you at one point in life could be so thrilling at another point. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, definitely. I think sometimes people on the spectrum are definitely, definitely can embrace their challenges, but then there's sometimes where they also like, stick to their guns and put their feet down. And they're like, Mm-mm, this is not changing at all. It's not happening. Sure. I mean, I don't like another one is I see, I'm not picking on you or anything, but you have your hood down, right? I you have my hood down. Right? Yeah. Your hood, your, yes. your hood. That would drive me crazy. That would drive you crazy because of the, the way that it yeah, feels or the way it looks. Um, Not the way it, well, kind of the way it looks. Cause it looks like you got a tail on you, like a head tail on you, but it's like you see it on the side of your eyes, and that's a little bothersome. It's like, get, get, it's like, you know, get out of the way so I can talk to this person. I mean, I'm still trying to talk to you, but that hoodie is still on the side of me. It's like, get mm. away from me. So the hoodie acts as a, it's a distraction, and it doesn't allow you to focus on the task at hand. 
Right. And I'm, I'm very, I get distracted sort of really easily. I got ADHD as well. So that may be also maybe the ADHD kicking in, but I also think it's the autism kicking in as well. Does it bother you when you have to put on additional layers of clothing, like hats and gloves, if you're in a cold climate or. Um, not hats. I'm good. With, I'm pretty good with hats. If the clothes block you from doing everyday life, case in point, I don't like to play. I don't do dress up much. I don't like the suit and tie. Because one, you're too hot and sweaty, and I like the heat, but there's a limit also. But two, you're restricted. I'm gonna I'm gonna move on where I can like raise the hands, you know, move around like while like normal, but instead your suit and tie is blocking from going, you know, you're like raising it right here, like you feel like a robot. And I like the tie hanging down too. That's another distraction. Mm. So when you were going growing up, again back to the seven, eight, nine. What are some of the therapies that they're putting you through to kind of help you through this, this whole process? Um, well, back then I was in speech therapy a lot of definitely speech therapy. That was a same savior with social cues and understanding that and OT it's called occupational therapy. I don't understand what that is more. That's you have to research that on your own, but speech theory is where that helps you with social cues and certain parts of your speech, like signing out your R words, making it a little better, you know, all that. Uh, the occupational therapy may have been more like the physical, right? Like uh, hand-eye coordination type stuff, potentially. Possibly. Mm. So did it help? Um, um, the speech therapy, yes. Occupational therapy, some elements it did, some elements it did not. Let's put it that way. Is it frustrating for you that there's no, you know, for other different diagnoses and obviously illnesses and different things that people have to overcome? Um, there's cures, there's treatments, et cetera. Is it, is it frustrating to you that there's not anything that really truly cures uh, this, this issue? Um, no, because while this, while we're this podcast may sound like autism is a bad thing, there's some good parts to that I do not want to get rid of. Case in point, I am a very creative person. I'm a very out-of-the-box thinker. I think it's because I'm on the spectrum, and that's what the unrealistic can hurt. Go, when you say on the that. spectrum, real quick, Sam, when you say on the spectrum, what exactly does that mean for people that don't know what, the, what you're saying? That's it so just means it. that you have autism, correct? Yeah, that just means you have autism. And there are different spectrum levels. There's like low-functioning autism, high-functioning, middle-functioning. That's Where do you it, fall? Um, high functioning, sir. High functioning. And what is somebody that's low functioning or in the middle? What, what does that look like compared to yours? Okay, we can go into that. So low functioning is basically the way to put it, the nicest way because they have the minds of three-year-olds. Like their brain, it's like a big, it's like a 15-year-old trapped in a, it's like a, 15-year-old trapped in a three-year-old's head in, in a way, that, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So that's what it is. But what I'm trying to do is to show that whether you're middle function, which is like they have the brains of like they can do some stuff and they can't do some stuff. That's just how it is. What I'm trying to show, though, is with this podcast is no matter if you're low-functioning, high-functioning, middle-functioning, you got something to offer. There's something you can do. And you're when you say this podcast, not only – Obviously, any podcast that you go on, such as mine, yeah, right autism now, rocks but, and rolls podcast. but you have your own podcast podcast. Yes. Autism rocks and rolls. Talk a little bit about this, this podcast that you started and 
and uh, some of the things that you're providing your listeners there. Sure. So what I try to do with this podcast is I want to tell people that with this stigma going on, that they needs to be cured, autism needs to be cured, spina bifida needs to be cured, other disabilities need to be cured, that needs to stop. Because in my opinion, everybody has something to offer and there's no need for conditions or opinionists. There's nothing to be sorry about. And when you hear the word autism can't be bad, you can't, I don't want to, I want to stop doctors saying, I'm sorry, but your son has yada, yada, yada. I'm like, hey, your son has yada, yada, yada. He may have some challenges, but look what he can do. Were you always, that's beautiful. And that's a beautiful mission. And I've seen you've done over a hundred episodes and you've had, you've had Mick Foley and you've well, had some other. It's not a hundred. It's, I met some season one episode 52. When it says 152, it's like season one. Ah, uh, okay. okay. But you've had, you've had quite a few, even that still 50 plus episodes. Yeah. Um, and you've had guys like Mick Foley and, and some of your heroes that you, have you always been a wrestling fan? Not always. It, it started when I was six. The story with how I became a pro wrestling fan was with that was I was bored. And I was just skimming through the channels. And what do you know? I found pro wrestling and I fell in love with it ever since. And the funny thing is my parents thought, oh, he likes this. He's going to grow out of it. Nope. I have not grown out of it since. I still like it to this day. I still watch Raw, SmackDown, all of that. What's uh, your social life like? these days you're 19 yeah um social life is as of now i i'm pretty much of a home person and i'll admit it i don't know how i do socialize sometimes because that is probably the scariest thing in life to do with someone is socialize because there's so many factors go into it there's the possibility of saying the wrong thing as i mentioned there's not knowing people's stories not knowing who they are if they're being manipulative or playing an act and that's scary to me. It's really, really scary. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that I've done it. I'll, I'll be honest with you. So that's what it really is. I'm surprised what the social life looks like. Really, I got friends, and I'm not saying I'm a lonely person who has no friends, ready by himself. No, I'm not like that. I was going to say, I think I have what I have. Now I just need, I have what I have. The more friends, the more the merrier, right? I have what well, I need. Put it that way. The more the merrier is not always true. I, I think that I think that you'd rather I always say I'd rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies. If you follow sure. what I'm saying here. So yeah. I'd oh, rather yeah, have yeah. four quality friends than a hundred, you know, half fake friends, friends that don't show up when, when you make an appointment with them, for example. Cor correct. And but I also know I'm not like like full on. I mean, if you back it up with your evidence by telling me I get things happen. I do. As they said, part of language, but shit happens. I know that. I really yes, do. I'm not like saying, you got sick. You, you're my friend. Ugh. No, I'm not like that. I'm like, I get it. Things happen. But it's just that hiding the fact that things happen from finding your fact, hiding that something's happening, happening to you, to me, is rude and just out of the box. That's a fake friend. But telling you, that's what true friends do. What about love interests, romantic interests, Sam? Is it easier for you to be with somebody in a romantic relationship, somebody else that's somewhere on the spectrum? Yep. Uh, no, I have, I am not, I have not done found love yet, unfortunately. But I'm hoping to one day. I'm not going to shut the door on it. But I would say with love with us, 
it's hard because of the social because of the lack of social skills we sometimes de develop. But also, really, you don't know how, how who they are either. Are they manipulative? Are they playing an act? It's just these questions that lend lead me to overanalyze who the person is, and I overanalyze them so much that believe it or not, I don't. I've never trusted people one hundred percent because you don't know at the same time. Yeah, I'm wondering, trying to understand why the there's this trust issue, and it's just is this typical for people on the spectrum, or is this just you, your own situation? Maybe on the spectrum, I can't give you that answer, but me personally, I would say it's just situational with me because you hear so much negativity that you 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 get to a breaking point and that breaking point is going to lead you to change. And it's led me to change, right? But there's with some pros though, there were some pros to that change. I became more social because of it. I've been able to create a podcast. I have been able to sh shine a little by thinking outside the box. As I mentioned earlier, I've been able to be a creative writer. I've been able to, you know, do what I need to do at least and function in society, which those societies stink. Sometimes I know you need to do it at the same time. Right. So it has led to some great beauties and some great work of mine, but there's some cost to it because of that negativity you hear so much in your life. You don't know who to trust. You don't know who's being real. You don't know which door to open between one, two, and three. And the anxiety, it's led me to that too, because while I see like this big, gruff like person, like, I don't care what you think, that's not true. I really do. It's just that I don't know how to say it, really. And I'm anxious that you might think, basically, I'm not the best guy alive. And while it's sometimes I'm like, ah, I don't care. There's a part of it that does hurt. But it's mainly I don't care. But I still have that part that hurts a little. Sure. And but then probably the biggest. Oh, I'm just going to say, does it scare you? I, I, have you thought to yourself, I may be missing out on a, a fantastic, unbelievable, life-changing relationship with somebody because I have this unending fear of not trusting the person. So instead of getting to know them or give them the benefit of the doubt, I'm just going to not even start because I don't want them to manipulate me. Are you missing out, Sam? You know, you could be right. There's a possibility, but... With my mental health sake and my mental well-being, and with it was best for everyone too, I think, if you understood the situation. So for me, maybe I'm not living life to its fullest. I'm trying to, but if I'm not with making friends and getting out there and you know, trying not with by not being extra careful, to me that's a small price to pay. So you you'd rather pay the price of just not even having to go down that path because you're happy enough where you are. The risk, the risk outweighs the reward for you at this point in your life. Yeah, I know they say high risk, high reward. And this there's that phrase is true to an extent. But when it comes to your social life, no. Is I'm it easier for you to hang out with somebody else that's on the spectrum versus someone that's not? Um, That's also situational. I would say it depends on who they are. I mean, it's a great starter. It's a great, you know start in my opinion you guys you guys have something in common right off the bat before yeah you don't even need start. to speak about it because you both understand each other in that regard correct so it's a great start but as far as future it just depends on like most common interests and letting it work on its own mm. this is so uh so fascinating what, what are your 
hopes and dreams. I know you're young. What do you want to um, do in your adult life? Well, that de- well, definitely I'm a big traveler. So definitely seeing as much of the world as I can, like DC. I've always wanted to go. I went to DC once on a class trip, but I want to go back with my mother as well. But seeing the world and and I'm living, I'm gonna live a dream on um let me see what day on uh, February on Valentine's Day on the February February 14th of this year, I'm gonna go to a wrestling show. And I've always wanted to be like in the front, like where you can touch the wrestlers, like high five them with WWE. I finally get to live that on 14th. Oh, that's awesome. What city? Um, Indy. Nice. Well, that'll be yeah. a tremendous experience. I'm sure the ca- you'll have the cameras rolling there. Your mom will be taking pictures oh, of whoever yeah. you're with. There's going to be pictures that day. I can promise <laughs> that. No doubt Basically, about it. Like, I'll be like a little kid at six again. I'll go back because I know those times were tough, but I think part of the reason why I made it was professional wrestling. There's there's so much. How, there's so many reasons why pro wrestling has helped me throughout the years. So do you want to have your own family one day? Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm happy either way. I've always told people, um, like, and they ask me, do you want kids? Cause I've had to ask, you know, I'm happy either way. I'm, I'm not like that odd duck who says, you know what? If you want to have kids, heck, let, let's do it. If you don't, you want to be us too. Let's do it. Sam, what is, uh, before we finish it off here shortly, w- w- looking back on your life, 19 years, you've gone through a lot in a fairly short period of time. If you have to, if you could pick one thing, identify one thing that's caused you the most heartache, the most pain, what would that be? Not realizing that I could have been who I, not really killing, not making the new Sam sooner, but and not killing the old Sam sooner. Okay. That's, uh, that's more of a lesson learned thing, but what, what the one thing that's been the most painful and frustrating to you with this autism, can you identify like the one thing that's really caused you the most heartache or has it all just been uh, I one big you. problem? Here's one. I, this is the one I all I think of the fact that conversations are, sometimes so hard and I have to sweat one sweat it out each day and I wish stuff I mean I get that it's a part of it and while it's a beauty it's a sort of tragedy because there are Sundays where I do wish that I didn't have to sweat and be anxious each time a conversation was happening Mm. yeah that makes so much sense and even I see it in your face too when you talk about it and I see it sometimes even during our conversation you're making sure that you're follow that I'm not pulling a fast one or, or changing the subject too quickly because I, I could see it. You're following along and you don't want it to become discombobbled like we talked about. Oh, God, no. Yeah. It, 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 nothing like that. I'm just that I might, as you say, shut down to being quiet, but I just get overwhelmed and frazzled. It's like, uh, hmm, what's now what now what now what? Sure. Hey, uh, you talked about the, the podcast, Autism Rocks and Rolls, that you have the website. Where, where do you want people to come find you and all your materials and content online? Sure. So the main platform really is podbean.com. That's where my home page is, as you could say. But my website's autismrocksandrolls.com. 
And that's where I also have a website where you can find the podcast on my on your favorite media platform like Pandora, Spotify, wherever you think wherever you think it is, it's there. Except Anchor, I can't figure that out. I don't want to use Anchor too, but <laughs> Buzzsprout and all that we're there. Well, hey, listen, I give you a ton of credit for putting yourself out there, and I think naturally by you do either going on other people's podcasts and also having your own and you've done 50 plus now and you're interviewing people and you're, you're communicating, you're doing things that are a little bit outside of your comfort zone. I do think each time you do this, it is, it is not only therapeutic, but it is building some additional skills, some additional mental skills to allow you to feel a little bit more comfortable in a social setting. Oh yeah. I think think there's a lot of beauty to it. With this and with this, I feel a little more comfortable in a social setting now that that, compared to me at 10 years old. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I've got to tell you, I, I could see it. I could see how um, comfortable you are. So I feel it from here in this, in this conversation. And I really appreciate you and your mom setting this up and uh, we will link you up in the show notes, my friend and continued blessings and success and happiness to you guys. Right. You guys. We'll post you on our website. Go ahead. We'll post you on our website and, um, we'll definitely put you out there. I'll give you a shout on the next episode and all that. Probably not hey, the man, one, that's not awesome. The next episode, but the one after. Thank you so much, Sam. Of course, man. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Optimal Life Podcast. If you haven't yet, please subscribe and follow the podcast wherever you're listening. And you could also leave a review. Apple Podcasts, of course. You could leave reviews and ratings. Spotify, you could leave reviews and ratings and several and many other podcast apps. Wherever you may be listening, please tell a friend, tell a family member, let them know about the podcast, and we will see you next time.